Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in how things used to be in the hair industry, who wants to hear from ladies who are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. All right, today we have Danielle Kingsley on the show, the owner of Sheer Beauty Oasis. She is a cutting updo specialist in LA, and I'm really excited to dive in and learn more about Danielle. She moved across the country and opened her own studio and is another one of my friends from the Ember Hair Retreat. So welcome, Danielle, to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm so excited too, because even though we met at that hair retreat and we chatted a little bit, there were so many people there that, yeah. So can you bring us up to speed? I know, I don't even know where you moved from to move to LA. So can you tell us a little bit about how you came to today and the journey that's gotten you here? Connecticut is where I'm from. uh, And I moved from Connecticut probably eight years ago now to California And it definitely was like the biggest thing that I've ever done in my life, like biggest because I've never lived anywhere else. So I definitely wanted like a new experience, a new lifestyle. I just feel like where I was living, you know, just half the year, it's cold and snowy and just depressing. So I definitely kind of just wanted to be somewhere where I could be outside more, be at the beach and whatnot. And also my sister lived here in California. So I also wanted to be closer to her because she had been out here for like five years before I decided decided to move out here. I grew up um, where like my family, like my mom, my dad, you know, loved my sister and I and they were amazing, but they unfortunately like fell out of love and got divorced when I was very, very young. Growing up, I didn't really grow up in the most positive environment, which I'm sure a lot of people have that. A lot of people now have divorced families. Basically, my my mom was very much like fear-based and not really, you know, was always very fearful of like, if she did this, like this would happen. And like before even just trying it out, she never really like pushed past her fears. She just was always worried and just caught up in that fear. And so I kind of grew up in a fear-based kind of environment where I was scared to like step outside my comfort zone because I was worried like X, Y, and Z would happen. And so I think I kind of grew accustomed to that. Unfortunately, I don't think my mom, you know, obviously my mom did the best she could raising me with what she had growing up as well. It definitely was, you know, hard for her to really move outside her comfort zone. So basically I, um, you know, I grew up and I just always tried to like surpass those things and get out of my comfort zone, but it never was really that easy for me, uh, especially because I had dyslexia gr- growing up. And back then, like that wasn't really a big thing that people really talked about. And teachers, like the school that I went to, the teachers didn't really understand it completely. Um, So basically, like, it kind of made me feel like I had this, like, disease and, like, I should be ashamed of it because of how the teachers would tell my parents, like, she's never going to amount to anything. So, yeah, so basically my teachers would say, like, you know, she's never going to amount to anything. She won't be able to get a job or anything. So I think that played a lot into, like, my fear of, like, you know, just kind of staying comfortable where I was and not wanting to step outside that box of feeling uncomfortable because I did struggle a lot like in school with you know that disability even though nowadays like so many people have dyslexia and many successful people have it as well and they've done like amazing things but back then I just you know I didn't know anyone that had it so it always made me like ashamed of it and then just like having anxiety like you know, behind all that kind of stuff and not wanting to go to school and whatnot. Do you think that you knew that you didn't try things or 
do you think that you ever quite like, cause I feel like the family of origin stuff is so crazy and so deeply ingrained in who we are, but it took me probably like 30 years to be like, wow, I think I do this because of this. And I, I was just wondering if you knew along the way that you didn't take chances because of that, or if it was something you later in retrospect. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, I definitely think it was something later in life that I, I'm glad that you, you like said that because it definitely, I feel like it's something later in life that I felt like, you know, I didn't take chances because like back then I didn't really realize why I wasn't taking that chance, but now reflecting on it now being older, like in my thirties, I feel like I definitely know like the reason why I didn't take those chances. Um, and I wish that I had, but at the same time, I feel like, you know, it kind of, formed formed me into the person I am today and maybe if I took all those chances I don't know maybe I'd be a totally different person as well but um but I think it's all part of like my story and my growth and and how I just keep on evolving and changing yeah that's what Tony Robbins says because my my parents are divorced too and so a lot of what you're saying I totally connect with and Tony Robbins says in his documentary I'm not your guru he (laughs) a, a girl stands up and talks about like her dad and how he wasn't there for her. And then Tony had this really cool spin on it. Like what you're saying is he said, you know, if you're going to think, if you're going to be mad at your dad for all the things that he wasn't for you, be mad at all the things you are because he wasn't there. Yeah. Because like so much good comes out of stuff that you wouldn't wish on other people. No, for sure. I totally, yeah, I totally feel that. Cause I think too, like my parents, they may not have been perfect, but like no parents gonna be perfect you know but like I feel like my mom really has like taught me so much more than she even knows just because of like the struggles that we went through and how she parented me and how like you know I may do things differently because of how you know she did things so I think it definitely has made me grow just watching her and her just you know being so fearful to like make any decision like I realized like I don't want to go down that same path and basically I guess the biggest thing was why I decided to move to California to make a long story short was basically because my mom um, unfortunately got really really sick with diverticulitis so my mom had that before I moved out to like a year before I moved out to California she had gotten that I was living with my ex-boyfriend at the time and she had called me and she was like in excruciating pain and I like ran over to her house. Thankfully, I didn't live that far away from her. So I ran over to her house and um, I had to call like an ambulance and they like rushed her to the, they like rushed her in. And she obviously, she didn't want to go in the beginning because she didn't have any health insurance and she was scared how much it was going to cost. But basically I could, like the way she was like feeling, I was like, I have to like call someone. Like there's no way I can just let her like be in this much pain. So thankfully, like we went to the hospital And they basically said that if she didn't come in when she did, like she could have died because the infection was just spreading throughout her whole body. She could have died. Wow. So I think that was like the first time, like I really like kind of woke up in a sense and was like, wow, like it was just so emotional because I was like, my mom just lives in fear. And like, there's so many things I think she wished she could do, but she, she doesn't because she lives like in this fear, just seeing her like on a hospital bed. I was like, I don't want to wake up one day and wonder like, what if I moved to California or what if I do this? Cause like, I wanted to move to California for about like five years since like Mr. Left and and I are like super close and I wanted to be closer to her. And um, I did want to change like my lifestyle and between like, you know, having my career, my salon career back home in Connecticut. And also I felt bad, like abandoning my mom because she only has like me really. Um, cause there's my sister and I, and she was, you know, single and by herself. So I kind of felt guilty 
leaving her. So that's kind of what kept me there for so long. But after like seeing that and how like she almost died, I just, it kind of was just like, wow, like I don't want to be her age someday, like lying in a hospital bed, like where I could, you know, not have tried everything or at least some things, you know? And I always wondered what if. Basically, I went home like that night or maybe it was the next day or whatever. Um, and I told my boyfriend at the time that which I knew he probably wouldn't move with me to California. And it was also a very hard decision too, because I like didn't want to leave him. Like we, you know, it was comfortable. Like being with him was comfortable. I feel like we did like kind of fall in love. We were kind of more like roommates towards the end. And so I felt like there was always something missing like in that relationship as well. And also like in my sal- my current salon that I was in before I moved out here, like it was a great salon. I had clientele, but I never felt like fulfilled. Like I felt like there was just something missing. And so I- did you go home that night and know you were going to move? Was it literally that instant? Pretty much. I think because it had just been like kind of just on my mind for so long. Like my ex-boyfriend, I had told him a bunch of times, you know, like I really want to move out there, but I don't think he ever thought I would actually act on it. <laughs> But it was, yeah, it was pretty much like that night that it was like, wow, like I need to move. Like, I don't know how soon I'm going to move, but I need to move because this is like what's in my heart. And I like, it was literally like the voice just got so loud that I couldn't turn it off anymore. Cause it was like times before where I would try to like change salons or change something else. And, you know, and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to be okay now. I don't need to move to California. After that happened to my mom, it was like that voice just got so loud like that night that I was like, okay, I literally can't like not do it (laughs) as much as it like scared the heck out of me. Um, Yeah, it's a good point that you bring up because I think sometimes when we know like the thing we want to do feels like too audacious or too big, it's almost like we start like just like being like, if I tweak this and do this, but it's like, if it's not the thing that you want to do, like there's no amount of tweaking or being like, well, what if my boyfriend and I get yeah. an apartment that's really sunlit? It's like, it's still yeah. not, it's still not the light, you know, like sometimes it's like, you can like spend all your time just like going, beating around the bush. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's kind of what I was doing for those like five years or more so like, cause before I like before my sister moved to California, I was like, oh, maybe I'll move to Florida. Um, so I just always, I never felt like I was like supposed to stay where I grew up, you know, if that makes sense. Um, I always felt like there was something more. I didn't know where that was um, or whatnot until I started visiting my sister here in California. So then what happened when you got there? I, I feel like I'm listening to like a, like a Nicholas Sparks. <laughs> You're so funny. Um, yeah, so... Basically, I, you know, went home, told my boyfriend, obviously, he was just basically like, yeah, I'm not moving with you. And I was like, I mean, I knew he wasn't going to move with me, but I was like, well, I was like, what if we just kind of stay together to see like how I like it there? Because maybe if I don't like it, then I can move back. I was just kind of like, you know, just trying to hold on to like my comfort zone because I was so scared. But my boyfriend time was just like, no, like, sorry. Like he basically just cut all ties with me and I moved out and I moved back in with my mom and I helped her you know, to, to get like better and stuff. And I was with her for about like almost a year before I moved out to California so I could save up money. Basically through like that time, I just basically meditated. That's actually when I started meditating, um, like really, really heavily and just kind of visualizing just my life here in California. Um, and I also like told my mom too, that I, you know, I was like, mom, if I move back in with you, I will help you, you know, get back on like on your feet. I was like, but please like, don't like try to feed me all these like negative, like fears that you have, you know? And she was actually really, really good about it and didn't, 
um, put any of those fears on me to like the day I left. Then she kind of, you know, she, I think it was like built up stuff she had going on, but, <laughs> um, and she, you know, she said some things that were really, really hurtful, but at the same time, I know it was, you know, her own fears that she was trying to like, you know, um, her own fears that she was putting on me and also just like losing my sister and I, I think that was really, really hard for her because she was all by herself, but she basically was just like, I hope that you don't make it out there and you come back here. And that was definitely not what I wanted to hear at the time, but, but it like pushed me even more to like want to succeed once I got out here. So I basically packed up my bags. My sister flew um, home and we drove cross country for like two weeks, my sister and I, and it was like, the best experience ever, just driving across country with my sister and taking two weeks to just kind of stop and like, um, just make like a great vacation out of it as well. And it was just so freeing. Like once I got on that road, like I didn't know, I didn't have a job, but I had a place to stay at least my, at my sister's house. Thankfully, I didn't really have a plan. I just had like all those visions I had been envisioning in the past, you know, eight, nine months in my head. Um, so basically, like, when I got on that road, I just felt like, okay, everything's going to work out. Like, it was the first time really that I was just trusting in, like, the universe and that, like, you know, everything was going to work out for, you know, for whatever it was going to be, it was going to be, and it was going to be amazing. And so fast forward, I moved here to California and basically, you know, I wound up getting two jobs in the beginning because I wanted to, the, for the first time, to have my own apartment because I never had my own, own apartment. Like, I shared an apartment with my boyfriend back home, but, like, it really meant a lot to me to have my own apartment. I, you know, working my two jobs, I was able to have my own little studio apartment, which was like perfect and it was beautiful and I loved it. And then I wound up dating one of my sister's friends when I moved out here, um, who now is my husband. And it was just crazy because these are like all things that I thought getting my own place and being able to like support myself as a hairstylist. Those were like, and like, you know, finding like my husband and stuff like that. Like those were all things that I was just like, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I just visualized them. And I kept focusing on them. Like probably twice a day I would meditate when I was home in Connecticut. After that, we, my husband and I got married like three years after me being here in California. And then I opened up Sheer Beauty Oasis. It was actually Sheer Beauty on the go when I first opened it because I did more like house call stuff had like my own studio for the first time in 2015 I opened Sheer Beauty Oasis and um and yeah it was like also my other vision of like having my own salon and not working for someone else anymore and so that was like pretty amazing to see all those things kind of come into play that I didn't think were possible um especially like you know moving out here and I had no clientele or anything like that so that was you know pretty amazing yeah so how did you so where's your studio because I feel like it looks so cute oh thank you um yeah so it was in Santa Monica I recently just moved to Westchester which is near like LAX area in LA and I have a little studio actually in the back of my house I have like a 200 uh square foot house like a little like beach bungalow what I thought it looked like and I was like I find out more about this yeah yeah so I moved we, we bought a house last July it's actually it's been a year a year this year that I've been in my new studio working out of my house um, but it's great because I feel like I'm not really working you know totally in my house because it's separate from my house and it has like its own pathway to get in so I don't feel like at first I was like is it going to be weird having like a home salon <laughs> but it's like, like, footprints you know it's like no one goes into your house right it's like there's right. so 
Right. Exactly. Yeah. They're totally separate. And it's been like really great. Cause I feel like as long as you make it professional and people aren't thinking like they're coming to your house, washing your hair, like in the sink, like, you know, a lot of home salons, like it's totally not like that. I have like, you know, a nice sink and I try to make it as professional as possible and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. So what would you say like with your move and everything, like what was the, like the hardest part, like the, like the, maybe the limiting belief you had to get rid of or the patterns that weren't serving you because it sounds like even on your way out the door, you were like, like, it wasn't even like imaginary voices in your head. It was like your mom's fears kind of like coming at you too. So you mean there, the meditation is sounds key, but what else, what, what, what did you have to get rid of or let go of? I just felt like I really just had to kind of go of all those negative things that, you know, teachers in the past have told me like growing up, even like in hair school, like I had one teacher that would just kind of bully me. And basically when I graduated, he was like, I'm surprised you even graduated just because he just was like a bully. So I think just kind of putting all those like negative people to like the side and not feeding into that and just knowing like staying true to who I am and knowing that I can do whatever I put my mind to and just kind of focusing on that. And just, I don't know, honestly, it was all kind of like crazy. Like I didn't, like, I didn't know all these things would kind of just unfold once I moved here. But it was just like this gut feeling I had that, you know, it was all going to work out. Totally relate to it, too, because I struggled in school and had like a learning disability. And it's one of those things where like it's not like anyone maybe outright told me I wasn't smart. But like the whole time I was in school and I feel like because I didn't learn in a traditional sense, I feel like the the messaging was always that I wasn't very smart. And I think that that's definitely something whether people like I remember I had a teacher one time there was like anyone that got below a C go to the right side of the room anyone who got above you go to the left and and I think sometimes if you don't really get clear like those stories are playing like in the second reel in your head and you know people meet you or meet me and they're like you know like you're clearly smart but like sometimes like you have things in your head and history and this belief system. And I remember one time someone made up fun of hooked on phonics and I was like, Hey, I learned on hooked on phonics. (laughs) Very sensitive to like, why are you making fun of how people learn? And I feel like now you can even apply that in a really beautiful way into your life and be like, Hey, when someone makes a joke like that, it's like, that's off limits because that stuff stays with people or like behind the chair to see what someone's rude comment to someone does to them and how it like plays out in their life. It's just, not cute. No, it's really not. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, it's definitely been something, you know, I'm getting better with, but you know, just like a constant thing. I feel like I'm always just kind of working on myself and trying to improve like my mindset and like just I guess just having like positive affirmations too, just kind of telling yourself silly as that may sound. But yeah, like I think also just changing like the script that you tell yourself every day. Because I there definitely was a time in my life where I um, and sometimes I do have to still catch myself and be like, no, Danielle, that's not who you are. Like, you're better than that. But yeah, just kind of changing the script and just believing in yourself. I think that's, you know, and I did have my sister as a cheerleader. Like, she's like one of my biggest cheerleaders. My dad was supportive when I left as well. Um, he was surprised, but he was also like supportive. So I think that helped having that. And then, yeah, just kind of just surrounding yourself with supportive people. Because I think growing up, I didn't always feel like I was like worthy of having like support people around me because I feel like I just got, I mean, just kind of like bullied or whatnot. Or, and I just felt like I, I don't know how to describe it, but like kind of just felt like I 
gravitated towards certain people because I felt like I wasn't worthy of like these other people that were more of like positive, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I think sometimes too, like, like, you know, it's kind of like we get what we think we deserve. So it's like, yeah. if we don't think we're worthy of, of good friends. I mean, the kind of friends we're going to kind of gravitate towards are kind of the unemotionally available people. Cause we're kind of not comfortable in our own skin or things like that. I yeah. just think very interesting. Cause like, I think about like meeting you and I met you kind of like during a time in my life where I was really seeking out new friendships and seeking out people that yeah. I felt like were positive. And it's like, it's crazy when you do that, how it kind of just, it happens, but I had to believe that I was worthy of like meeting people that were for sure. Yeah. I totally agree. Cause now I feel like my, my friend circle is like growing all of a sudden more and more so. And I feel like I'm, you know, meeting new people and it's like really, really helped me to, to like be surrounded by all this good energy instead of people that kind of are just going to put you down or maybe like they're not in a good place in their life. So then you feel that energy, you know, and it just kind of weighs on you, you know? Yeah. So when you moved about over a year ago or about, so did you primarily kind of start your clientele over again? I don't really know LA super well. So is it real? Were people able to come with or? Oh yeah. When I moved from Santa Monica to LA. Yeah. So I basically now I'm kind of rebuilding a little bit more again um, because I do have some of my current clients that are coming to see me, which is great, but I'm also kind of rebuilding again and rebranding kind of my business to be more the natural, natural side. And I'm doing like head spa treatments, which is like a scalp facial. And a lot of my uh, existing clients and new clients are like loving that. There's something different and not many, like, and there's only one other salon that I know that offers it that I'm aware of. Yeah, I never heard the word um, scalp facial but I feel like it's so like in right now, like, you know, like I've heard of facial gym where I, I mean, I want to get a scalp facial. Yeah. yeah, no, it's pretty awesome. I mean, it's really great basically for anybody, like anyone who has like dry scalp, it just exfoliates all that like junk off our scalp and it just helps our hair to breathe and to grow. Like if you're having hair loss issues, it's really great for that too. And I'm just kind of working on creating my own exfoliant that's naturally based. That's away from color for a little bit right now, um, which was kind of, it was a hard decision for me to do, but I just am taking on only like my current uh, people that, that I have. I'm not taking any like new clients on right now because I really want to just kind of fine tune like my formula and my scalp exfoliant. Um, and it's really, I found that it's like my new passion um, is like helping people like with their scalp because I have like crazy scalp issues for many, many years. And like, since doing this, it's just like fun, like researching and it's kind of weird. It's kind of like, kind of weird. Cause I have like this like magnifier that can just see like all your hair follicles and your scalp. So some people think it's kind of gross, uh, which maybe it is, but I'm kind of obsessed with it. And then being able to like show them the after. And it's, I think it's just cool. Cause it's just like a transformation. Like they come in like with really dry scalp or like a really bad oil buildup. And then I do my folding it. And then I show them after like, and they're scalp just looks so much brighter and cleaner and just not as like dull or like oily looking or dry. So it's just nice to like, it's just really cool to see that transformation that happens so quickly. And my clients have had like really great results with it. So I think that also what kind of what pushes me to keep going with it. So, yeah. Yeah. So like, as far as like being behind the chair in your studio, what is like your, your schedule now compared to like what you want it to be? Or is it, is, is your schedule pretty much like sitting pretty? Yeah. I have, I mean, I'd like to be a little bit busier. I'm 
working Wednesday through Saturday. And sometimes like all those days aren't completely full. So definitely I'm like looking to grow a little bit more. That's cool. And I love that you're kind of niching down to be a specialist. And it's kind of like you're taking like being an esthetician and like a hair like cosmetologists and like two of them, which I think is so cool because even though I love doing hair, like whenever I've gotten a facial, I'm like, this is such a fascinating job, you know, like to like examine people's skin or to examine people's scalp. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, no, I'm I'm like the same way because when I was in cosmetology school, like I loved doing facials. Like I didn't really like like loved like the relaxation part of it and just like I don't know, it just seemed like such an awesome environment being like working in a spa and all that kind of stuff. So I'm so happy that now I get to like do that with hair. And it definitely has like relaxed me like while I'm doing it. So it's it's really cool. Yeah, it's kind of like a totally different energy than like hair energy. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of felt like like I love doing hair and I'm going to be doing it for a very long time, but, um, I just kind of feel like a shift, like in my body where I just felt like I needed to be doing something. that was a little more relaxing and not so like high energy. Cause I've always worked in salons where it was just like fast, fast pace and high energy. And I never really was like who I am. I'm more of like, I feel like I'm more of a spa kind of person, but I just always felt like, okay, like I just gotta like, you know, be fast with this foil or be fast with this haircut and it always just gave me like anxiety because I just felt like I was never, I was always comparing myself, which is everyone I does. But I feel like I always like in hair school is like comparing myself because I wasn't like the fastest in the class and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like with this, it's like more me, it's more my speed um, and my energy. Well, yeah, it just sounds like you're really honoring who you are and like how you want to work. Yeah. And I think just like moving to like this new house and the new environment, like it's so different from Santa Monica. Like Santa Monica is also like very, very fast paced and like busy and trafficy. And like our new place is only 20 minutes from Santa Monica, but, um, it just feels like more calm. I feel I like wake up to birds chirping in the morning and like midday I hear them again. And it's just like, it's very like peaceful and calming. So I think it's also kind of helped me to like, kind of find myself even more, um, and figure out like, you know, what I truly want to do with my career and take take it to like the next level. Oh, I love that. It's just plain, it paints a beautiful picture. The birds yeah. tripping, like, I love that. <laughs> yeah. So where can people find you? People like that are in like the area that you're in that want to come to you for a scalp treatment or other hairstyles that want to connect with you? Yeah, you can. Um, so clients usually find me. I know it kind of sounds old school, but I like have built up a pretty good reputation on Yelp. So I have a lot of clients that find, that find me on Yelp. I know like Instagram is like, you know, a lot of people get clients from that, which I get clients from that too. But in like, I kind of just working on building up more of my audience on Instagram and Facebook. Cause I have a business page um, on both, which is at Sheer Beauty Oasis. Styles can find me there. Thank you so much and yeah. have a great day. Yeah, thanks for having me on.